0: Welcome to Techno and Travel, the podcast of Tunes and Wings. My name is Sabine Spedling, and today I'll take you on a musical journey of Sinti. She's a Berlin-based DJ and producer and in this interview we are talking about her new EP and label Motherhood in the Music Business, the emerging market Asia, why she's a big fan of traveling. And the most expected thing that happened to her in 2018, as well as her upcoming highlights and the vision for 2019. Enjoy! Cynthia, welcome to this podcast. Thank you for taking the time. Um, Yeah, to give the people a short introduction about you, you're Berlin-based DJ and producer, your owner of Beste Modus, Beste Freunde, Unison Wax, Second Base and We Are House. You're also a Radio Fritz host. Owner of the record store Elevate and your EP Crystal Grooves just got released. And last but not least, your mother. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Yes,
1: that's all correct, almost. Uh, just a little change for the labels because um, mm-hmm. I had the Second Base label with a friend of mine, but mm-hmm. we uh, went different ways. So instead of the Second Base, I have now the Crystal Grooves label. Oh. Uh, yeah. So it makes five labels at the end of the day
0: <laughs> wow which is really a lot um yeah bristol grooves is also a very um present topic it's um from october right yes correct so would you like to dive a bit deeper into this new topic for you
1: yes i'm super excited about the release of the label and of the last ep because mm, i'm making music for such a long time but um yeah, I always shared labels with other people or I always had um a track on a various artist EP but then I think it was about it was around last year when I said to myself, Okay, so I really need to take more attention um, to my production skills and uh, yeah I started renovating my studio so it's all new the sound is great and yeah I was working pretty much non-stop every day so after I brought my daughter to school at nine in the morning I went straight to the um, straight to the studio until three thirty, something like this and I try to read and do and get any help I could could get and any advice I could get just to get my tracks better and bigger and uh, produce faster so the crystal grooves is like the result of all this work and I'm so proud of it because um yeah I don't know I just it was sold out like the first pressing was sold out in like 24 hours and I was like oh my god this is so good and and all the feedback I got from like really big DJs made me really proud and I'm like wow this is definitely was a good a good decision to start my own baby because i sent one or two of the tracks to other labels and they said they would like to have it um it's also bigger labels like running back and they wanted to have it but then uh yeah due to their workload they've been a bit too slow to reply and after 3 months i was like fuck it i just i just going to do it myself you know and i really like to um to to do stuff myself so I was like okay I'm just gonna start my own label which is just for myself I can release whatever I want and I don't really have to listen to one of my label mates and um, yeah so I can just release whatever I want and yeah as I said um the The first pressing was sold out in 24 hours. So wow. I Yeah, it was amazing. And then I repressed, and now the repress is also almost gone after like one and a half weeks. And yeah, I'm ju- I'm just so proud of it.
0: <laughs> Congratulations! This is thank you very much. Nice one, and do you have the feeling that um, with all this independency, it's also a bit of a kind of new direction for you, also in terms of the music. Things you yeah. did differently than you would have done um, with someone else together?
1: Yes, definitely. So with the first label I started, um, which is called Best of Models, uh I run it with like four other people. And whenever we put the record together, we we are sitting down and we discuss, okay, what are we having on the next release? And the label focuses more on like house and stuff, but mm. I also produce so much more um, so much more music than just house so like the last ep was more like disco influenced and also a bit like detroit techno influenced that's for the last true. track yeah and,
0: that's what came into my mind when i listened to it yeah
1: yeah thank you and um yeah and i have so much more music sitting on my computer so my second crystal goose is completely different. It's almost like the the bad little sister of um, the first one sound wise because it's more like raw Chicago house like from back in the days and a bit of acid and stuff. And yeah, just I don't like it when every track I make sounds the same. And with Best of Motors, um yeah, we always listen to all of the tracks and then we decided which track we're gonna have or we're gonna take. And I think the music or oh, a lot of the tracks I am I made didn't really fit to that label. And so now I'm really independent and I just listen to my feelings and I'm like, okay, this and this track, they fit really well together. So overall, it's like a really nice package and like everyone can find a track on the EP they like, no matter if they're into disco or into house or into like um, a bit of Detroit techno. And um, yeah, it's really, it's it's really nice. I really like
0: uh, yeah, and I really like that because actually, music is art, and art is not does not fit into frames or patterns or whatever. So if you have the feeling to do exactly how you feel right now, um, yeah. yeah, this should be art, <laughs> of course. Yeah, t- true. And
1: uh, I mean, I I I made the um, experience that it's always good to listen to my own feelings because yeah so many times I was just right about that with so many things and uh, when I put the EP together I had those two tracks which were a bit more disco influenced but then I had this other track and I was like, okay actually it doesn't really fit on um, the EP like sound wise but on on the other side, it's really nice to have a different kind of, mm. or show a different kind of side of, of from me. And at the end of the day, it was really good that I put it, uh, put all the three tracks
0: on this EP. Yeah. And what is the feedback you actually get from the Berlin scene? Because, um, of course, you were known as the house person <laughs> in Berlin before, <laughs> also with the event series you did. So this was really the brand you got. Um, From the scene and now you're also diving um, in in more into the techno scene what is the what is the feedback you get from the scene to your new release Um,
1: I have to say the feedback is always positive and I think I get a lot of respect from the people here anyway because um, they know how hard I work and they know that I'm doing it all myself I, I make my own tracks and Um, I'm doing all the stuff although I'm a mother I'm a single mother and yeah so I get a lot of respect for that and I mean even though I'm producing a bit more I mean it's not real techno so when I go to Birkheim I mean the music there is much much harder Mm. than the techno so to say I produce I think but what is
0: techno right now I mean at the moment this this word techno is so diverse (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah I mean for me most people there who are in into techno they they listen to this really almost like brutal, hard sound. And this is nothing for me because for me, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm making music and I'm listening to this kind of music for more than 20 years. I've been working in record stores since I'm 16. So for me, always techno was, it came from Detroit, you know, and there it was a lot of, uh, they had a lot of influences from jazz and, and R&B and stuff like that. And uh, you could also listen, uh, you could also hear this in in some tracks, you know and uh, it had a lot of like groove and soul and stuff like that and sometimes nowadays I don't know when I hear some the latest techno releases I'm like man this sounds like someone is renovating a room it's just (laughs) like bang on and I'm like yeah okay I mean I understand people have different interests in music and different tastes and stuff like that but sometimes I'm like where's the groove I mean yeah it's, it's just it's just sometimes giving me a headache. Uh, I hope this doesn't sound too bad, or I don't sound like an asshole. But um, yeah, so that's why the the kind of techno I produce is definitely more groove loaded than um, a lot of people uh, think techno is these days. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so and I love to put a little bit of soul in and a little bit of like. Uh, how do you call it like i have a friend of mine he always says yeah some of your tracks are always so bittersweet they're really um you're on the dance when you're you can really feel something and um yeah that's something that i want to put also in my techno stuff and maybe some and which is really funny because all of my techno friends i have like my techno dj friends uh, i always thought they're not taking me so serious but then mm-hmm. i got feedback from them and they said wow this is really good like finally someone's putting some groove into techno and it's like really good and i'm like wow wow cool
0: i'm super honored yeah yeah, and making people dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is what the aim should be, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's the main thing at the end of the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, from the scene and from the music um, to your personal life, um, with all the things um, that I mentioned at the beginning, you're very busy right now. So, when Yeah, when you're in Berlin for one day, which doesn't really happen that often, I guess. um, (laughs) How does a day for you look like in Berlin?
1: Um, Yeah, so I have kind of a strict schedule also because um, my daughter has to go to school. But I'm really happy about that because it gives me some kind of structure after a heavy weekend. So usually I get up at six. um, I'm trying to like wake up and kind of open my eyes somehow (laughs) (laughs) so then um I prepare breakfast for my daughter we have a little chat bring her to school at eight then I get my coffee and then um usually like three times per week I go to the gym for like one hour um yeah just because you know sitting in the airplane the, the whole time and everything um I really feel like I need to stretch my body sometimes and work out and just do something else which is good for my health and my body and my mind yeah then uh yeah, then I either go to the studio or um I record my radio show or I go to the store, which is uh luckily right next to my house <laughs> and um yeah that's pretty much it what i what I do every day and um yeah, but then I pick up my daughter at yeah, really depends. Sometimes at three, sometimes at four, sometimes she's coming home on her own at two. So um yeah, once a week we go swimming and um I'm trying to put my phone on the side while I'm with her. Uh, so I'm not like the typical businessman who's always on their phone and not really paying attention to the child. And yeah, we do a lot of stuff like in the afternoon from like four till seven. Then I prepare dinner and then my daughter's going to bed. And then usually I um, I keep on working on stuff like uh, do some interviews or order some stuff for the shop. And um, yeah, I have to say doing some stuff for the shop is it's uh, taking a lot of time at the moment because mm-hmm. I just started it. And it's a lot of like administrative stuff. And yeah, then also have the label. So I listen to demos or put the next release together or fill in the stuff for the gema, and it's, it's always like little bits or transfer mm-hmm. some money for the mastering and or check the masters and yeah there's always stuff to do and I have to say that I'm working best on stuff like that in the evenings I don't yeah. know yeah
0: and so, I mean that's really a lot it's it's so many different things and your whole day is actually packed yes where do you <laughs> get your en- energy from what would you say
1: mm. I think I'm a very happy person in general. So, um, I mean, I had a really bad phase when, like, four or five years ago when, um, yeah, a lot of, like, personal things happened, like, splitting up with my ex and, yeah, some other really bad things in my my family happened. And, yeah, it took me a while to get out of this. But then at the end of the day, I was like, wow, actually, I'm pretty, um, how do you call it? Um... I'm pretty, um, I have, a. I have a really good life. You know, I'm, I'm like a healthy person. My daughter is healthy. I, I work in a job I really love and, um, yeah, so I feel really privileged mm-hmm. and that gave me a lot of power, I think. And then also, um, you know, getting a lot of feedback from people about what I'm doing—it uh, gives me a lot of power. And then also on the other side, I'm trying to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never smoked, for example, and um, trying not to eat too much meat because I always have the feeling it's, it, it tires me or it's not really good for my body. And yeah, yeah so and also of course trying to, to take my um my free time, my my me time, so to say. Um I mean. I really love to work and I would call myself a workaholic, of course. But on the other side, I um, I know myself really well. I know my body really well. So I'm taking some time off every now and then. Uh, I try to read a lot, you know, it's just stuff that really calms me down and uh, relaxes me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much where I get the energy from.
0: So taking care of yourself and watching your mind how you see things gratitude and yeah just trying to be happy right yeah exactly that's it yeah i like that (laughs) thank (laughs) you (laughs) (laughs) yeah sometimes it's it's just the, the how you see things it's just the way and nothing really has to change really but how you see the things um often changes a lot already
1: yeah that's true and i mean i'm a very positive person and um, I'm also really a really active person so I don't like to waste my time with like lying on the couch or lying in bed all day and uh, I think also when you have a a little bit of a daily structure it's really good for your mind as well mm-hmm. and um, yeah and then you get more the more you work the more creative you get and then you get good feedback from people and then yeah, I don't know. It creates even more energy, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So your daughter is nine years old. You just um, said before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> so you're in. you working mom in a business that is actually not really holding space for kids. And also, when you're traveling, um, how do you manage these both worlds? Um, yeah, it's
1: true what you said. It's like DJing and stuff. It's a really tough job um on, it, on its own um especially as a woman in this kind of like business which is male dominated and yeah. uh yeah thank god i never had a problem with that but still i mean it's uh, traveling a lot it's like of course when you play sometimes drinking and stuff but um yeah i'm really well organized and unfortunately i'm divorced from my partner um but um Yeah, I just, uh, I think my mom always said, yeah, there's always a solution for everything. Mm. So unfortunately, my ex is not really taking care of my daughter. Mm. Um, Let's say pretty much she's not doing anything. But uh, I have a wonderful au pair and she's living with us in the house. And it's almost like a a big little sister for my daughter. And uh, yeah, so it's really nice. You know, I know um, my daughter is in good hands. I can travel. Also, I try to keep it balanced. I wouldn't want to travel five days per week. I mean, sometimes it happens when the routing is nice. You know, sometimes I have some gigs in Germany, then France, and then maybe in the Netherlands. So, like, the routing is nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then I do it, but, um, yeah, I'm trying to to keep it balanced. And I would say, like, two gigs per weekend or sometimes three is also enough. And sometimes I take some weekends off. So, yeah. that we can do some stuff together because i mean she's so small and i think this is the time where you have to fill the kid's brain with good memories yeah. and i don't want her to tell me in like 10 years time ah, oh, mom you've never been there for me you know yeah. then we had all this money or whatever and yeah you were super famous or something like this but uh, i never saw you i don't want my daughter to tell me something like this so yeah, yeah i'm trying to keep it balanced and then it's easy also with this, with the support of the au pair yeah
0: Yeah, that's a good approach. And in an interview, you mentioned that traveling is your biggest influence, and you can't wait to show your daughter the world. Yeah. Um, (laughs) What exactly does traveling with you?
1: Um, I love traveling. Um, I think some people that get really stressed with it when they have to hang out at the airport or when they have to fly. But I think I'm one of a few lucky people that can always sleep in the plane. It's For me, it's just like relaxing time, and I'm always so excited to explore new territories, new um, continents, new cities, and stuff like that. And also, I speak a couple of languages, so uh, yeah, it's always really nice. So, uh, so I speak English, French, Mm -hmm. a little bit of Spanish, and Italian, and yeah, that's pretty much
0: it. Is it? Is has it something to do with what you studied before?
1: No, I studied uh, something really funny. I studied software development, uh, also only with guys. (laughs) Yeah, but I was always very interested in languages. And um, yeah, I lived um, close to the border to France Mm -hmm. when I was like 16, 17. And um, yeah, we always spent our holidays in France. So uh, yeah, I could improve this this um language quite mm-hmm. well then also i had latin in school and i was living on abifa for one season in 2001 and yeah so i speak a little bit of spanish i mean it's not very good but um yeah i can understand it quite well when people are not speaking too fast mm-hmm. and um yeah also i like to connect with people like to talk to people interact with people and i think um Sometimes it's good when you at least know a little bit of uh, about the language that other people are speaking. And yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's really nice. And um, yeah, traveling for me is always so exciting. Especially now, I'm getting a bit more well known as a DJ. So I had my first Australia tour in the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And then um, I mean, when I released my first record in like 1999, 2000, I was already playing in japan but then like three years ago i had my first proper asian asia tour and i was absolutely like blown away by um vietnam places like vietnam and all the history about it and and all the culture and yeah i'm a, be- a really big fan about asia of asia and asian food and stuff and yeah it's so nice to be there and also places like malaysia or um where else did i go um yeah, Vietnam, especially then uh, China and stuff like that. It's yeah. it's such a weird, interesting place, and it's so different from like um, Germany. And then yeah, also I um, I play quite often in New York at the no- at the moment or in the US. And um, yeah, it's really exciting to to travel all these places and and meet like like like-minded people. It's uh, it, it's crazy. Absolutely. And, also for me, it's, and then you
0: have the feeling that the yeah electronic music world is actually a small world and that music is really connecting over the borders and yeah as you said you connect with like-minded people and the music is actually the thing that is connecting you because you know this person is more or less like me although you don't really know this person right yeah exactly and um,
1: that was always really interesting for me also when I was younger when I started to go out when I was 17 16 17 18 um, we always travel to like places like Frankfurt with my friends or to Kassel and we went to all the clubs and you always met some like-minded people without knowing them. And um, yeah, it's crazy. I think um, the music or the electronic music scene is the only thing that can really bring people together in peace. Um, because I think where was that I played somewhere and there was a guy and he was so nice and super sweet, so... We were hanging out there a bit and stuff, and then I was like, "Yeah, where are you where are you coming from?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm from Afghanistan." I was like, "Wow, this is cool." Mm. And he was like, "Do you mind?" I was like, "Why should I mind?" It's like, "Yeah, because of all the war and stuff." And I was like, yes, it's not your fucking fault, you know." Yeah. And it's uh, I don't I don't give a shit. It's it's for me it's, um, it's uh, not a pr- problem if uh, I don't know if someone is black or comes from Afghanistan or is Muslim or something like this. Once it was really funny. So I have one friend from France, and he's also black, but then I didn't realize it. I, I, it was really funny. And then one day he said, uh, he made a joke about this. It was, yeah, we met in a really dark uh, club and I didn't really see him. And he was like, oh, this is so bad. You just didn't see me because I'm black. And I was like, "Fuck, really? Oh, you're black? Shit? It was like really the first time I realized that he was <laughs> Sorry, this sounds really funny, but I never really, really yeah. realized it. And I think that says a lot about it because he's such a a nice guy so I always um I'm really into like nice people and no matter which um skin color they have or whatever kind yeah. of religion they're into and um yeah and it's really great to to meet all these people while traveling and stuff and it's really like um yeah really it's really opening my eyes you know and it makes me so relaxed and cool with everything and I also want to give this to my daughter that she's very open-minded and especially what's happening a lot in Germany now you know you have a lot of like right-wing parties and some left-wing parties and I don't want my daughter ever to be like oh this person is stupid because uh, he or she is black because um,
0: Yeah. yeah it's it's not correct in my opinion so yeah. Absolutely. And you were talking about Asia before already. And at ADE this year, they also said that Asia is one of the emerging markets of electronic music. And yeah, you also have a booking agency there. Why do you think is Asia so special at the moment for the scene?
1: Um, that's a good question. I think especially Vietnam is crazy at the moment because um, yeah, they start having some festivals and stuff. And they had this really big edm boom as well and i think people got a bit tired of that kind of music and now they're looking for something else Mm -hmm. and um especially like the house house music and and electronic music that's coming from europe is really interesting for them and it's also
0: that edm very often figures at um the the entrance to the electronic music for many people and as soon as they start to get to know the scene and get to know the music and get more educated in it, they also switch to house and techno and whatever other scenes um, they will find. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I see
1: it a lot in in, um, the United States. Mm, I mean, their house and stuff was pretty dead and then they had this really big EDM boom. And now I think especially the scene in like Miami or New York is is growing so Mm. much. For for this kind of music,
0: I'm playing. And yeah. it's, so it's, I met the I met Andrew from Nervous Records. Oh yeah, yeah you know him great. as well, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he also because um, the travel guide for techno lovers for New York that I wrote last year in May is mm-hmm. every month is the top article on my magazine, and I told him that, and he said, "Yeah, well, but you need to come back because in the meantime, four new clubs opened." In New York within one year so this really shows the interest of people in electronic music there yeah it's it's
1: crazy yeah um I also saw that that they have so many new clubs opening and um it's really funny when you see when you check the lineups it's they have a lot of Europeans playing there and um yeah that's great I mean it's a completely new market there yeah and you think it's the same with Asia yeah, with Asia, I think it's a bit different because the United States, they have all this background, especially mm-hmm. with Chicago, New York House and Detroit and or people from Minneapolis and stuff like that. Um, So they kind of created this kind of music and with Asia is a bit different. I think for them, it everything is pretty new. And yeah, it's really crazy because where, wherever I travel, let's say I played in Seoul and um in this club called Faust. And that was crazy because the guy who runs it, he was like, yeah, I've been in Berlin so many times. I went to Berghain. And um, and then when I entered the club, I was like, oh my God, this looks like Panorama Bar. just <laughs> a bit smaller, you know? And I think... Uh, what people created here, especially with Burkheim or also like other clubs like Sissy Falls or um, also Watergate or Heideglun and stuff, is it has such a big reach, you know? And people they come to Berlin to, to explore the city and um, uh, to get to know the history and stuff like that, but then in the night they go out and then uh, they're just blown away by, by all the. the the clubs and stuff like that and how easygoing it is compared to like other cities and they want to bring this then also to especially places like Asia because for example I mean also China has a long history of yeah people were a bit um, how do you call it Um, yeah people that were so strong in their structures and stuff like that and it's and when you did something different or when you had tattoos or stuff like that then people said bad things about you and I think that's opening up a little bit more people Mm. they get more um more open as well and yeah it's really nice to see that they they're picking up on on the music as well and what I also really like I mean a lot of clubs there they're run by um European people but then also at the moment, you have at least like 50% Asian people there. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to see them enjoying the music as much as the European people do. And uh, yeah, that's great.
0: And it's, I think it's, it's growing a lot at the moment. Yeah, which is nice to see. Yeah. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the year's almost over. Um, it's beginning of November. Um, when you're reflecting the year up to now, what is the most unexpected thing that happened to you?
1: the most unexpected thing that happened to me is um yeah it's definitely my release I could feel that my tracks are getting better but the feedback I got for this crystal grooves was just crazy there was like a new message like every day in my inbox from really really big artists I was always looking up to and I was like wow um um, yeah, because it's funny. Sometimes I, f- I feel like uh, no one really knows me, and um, yeah, and then you suddenly get feedback from 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 people like Seth Troxler, and he's like, oh my god, I'm a big fan of her. And wow. I'm like, what? Is, you know me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny, and uh, or people like what I was really surprised. Like I just got a um something from Scream or stuff like this, or you get uh the other day I was at Panorama Bar, and then I wanted to give um. Got Jan's on the record and then I saw him and I was like hey I'm Cynthia. and he was like yeah yeah I know and I was like okay this is cool <laughs> you know it's just I mean it sounds a bit starstruck or something but I i think it's, it's always nice you know when people know you and they respect you and they're happy for the stuff you do but um, this was so unexpected oh I just got like emails from like DJs from France uh, which are really cool and they're like wow well, can you please send me the digital files of your record I really want to play it and then uh, 24 hours later I get a video from friends of mine of exact this DJ who played in Barcelona and he was playing my track and they were wow. like oh my god Agoria was playing your track and he was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah it's, it's really cool and um, makes me really really happy that um, it's going so well but it was absolutely unexpected when, yeah when I wrote the tracks especially this uh, track together which is really accessible I was like wow this could this could be really really well but of course, I mean, you start dreaming dreaming about things, but you never think it, I don't know, maybe it gets released or people will like it or buy it or something like this. But um, it was almost a bit overwhelming, the response for this tune or for this whole record. And yeah, I'm super happy about it. So it was a big surprise for me this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I really like it. Thank you. <laughs> Your next gigs are in Paris and New York City um, and many more to come. What are your upcoming highlights and the vision for the next year?
1: Yeah, so next week I'm playing in Milan and that's going to be really nice because the whole party is curated by DBS1. And um, yeah, this is really funny because he's one of my techno friends. Mm. And I mean, I know he likes me, he respects me, but You know, with my techno friends, sometimes I'm like, are they taking me serious for the kind of cheesy music I'm making? But, um, yeah, obviously some did because he wanted me to be on the lineup and I play on the house floor. And it's really nice because I haven't seen him for ages. And, um, yeah, he had a studio at my place or, um, yeah, I was running a house with studios a couple of years ago. And he uh, had one of the rooms, so that's why I know him. And yeah, it's really nice that he invited me. So I'm looking forward to see him because it's been a while and uh can give him some, some new records from me. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's going to be nice. And then, of course, I play in Paris and I go back to Seoul in two weeks for a gig. Um, and it's really nice because I'm meeting some friends there and... Um yeah, as I said, I love the, f- the food there, so i probably going to be eating the whole day. Yes. <laughs> I would do the same. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just too nice. And, um, yeah, then, um, how's it called? I'm going to New York as well. And I'm very excited about the next year because I also just changed my booking agency. I was with Watergate for a yeah. long time. But at the end of the day, we had a meeting after the summer. And, yeah, I felt like we are going into two different directions so I said okay I think it's we should stop it here and um, yeah just have a new booker and she's really really motivated and she has a lot of very good contacts and she's very young and fresh and she's like doing so much for me so next year already looks really really nice so
0: is it a new agency or is it an independent yeah it's a
1: yeah it's a it's a new agency mm-hmm. her name is laura and she does the agency on board music and mm-hmm. she also had a record store once in neukölln it's called um bass cadet record store but uh yeah they had to close down i think three weeks three years ago i don't know yeah and um yeah she's she's perfect she's really she understands totally what i want and where i'm coming from and um yeah she's really motivated. she's talking to everyone, offering me everywhere, and yeah, it's really nice, so the she already got me some really amazing gigs, and I was like, "Wow, okay, this is great. <laughs> and yeah, I'm looking forward to travel a bit more next year then i we just confirmed another really big tour for Australia. I'm very excited about this, and yeah, so trying to keep it balanced between family life and traveling and working, that's pretty much it
0: sounds like a great plan (laughs) (laughs) i'm really curious to see what's happening to your life online and um, hopefully i will have the chance to listen to one of your sets in the upcoming future maybe around this globe somewhere which would be very nice yes let me know if you want to come to one of the gigs Yay. put you on the guest list then. Yeah, thank
1: you. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: off the records. Yes, for all the listeners. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for all the listeners maybe that are based in Berlin, um, where is the store? Where where do they are they able to visit you? Yes, they are of course able to visit me.
1: The store is at Gouvernerstraße number 24. That's in Friedrichshain. Um And unfortunately, we don't have proper opening hours yet. But, um, yeah, we open every Saturday and... um yeah, We're trying to have uh, uh, some opening hours during the week as well. Um, it's always best to maybe check our Instagram, which is elevate.berlin. Um, yeah, because sometimes we have some, how's it called, we have some pop up openings, especially when we have a new release. And then there's usually some free beer and some tart flambé from my lovely neighbor who has a fantastic restaurant. Oh, wow. And yeah, so it's always really nice. And there are lots of people coming, and
0: you can dig for records and stuff and yeah so that's uh, that's the store sounds fantastic yes, thank you I'm... so much cindy for this um yeah great interview for the insights for yeah i'm giving people maybe some motivation when they just want to start um doing music on their own or trying to combine Their private life. Maybe they're also having kids and are in the scene as well and trying to, yeah, make a better fit. Yes. Thank you for all your insights about the different scenes worldwide. It was really interesting talking to you. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. All right. So hope to see you soon. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And have a great evening, Cynthia. Thank you. Yes. You too. Bye bye. Bye. I hope you liked this interview and got inspired by a fantastic lady and let me know if you like this podcast episode, what you gained from this interview and connect with me on Facebook, on Tunes and Wings or in the closed Facebook community, Tunes and Wings community and yeah, also feel free to share your thoughts about this podcast episode on Instagram or or on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Rock and roll and stay tuned.